0: So, welcome to Career Up Now, Socially Distanced Close-Ups, Israel Edition. I'm your host, Sophia Felsen. Today, we are joined by Rabbi Short, who is originally from Toronto, but now lives in Israel. He's the founder and executive chairman of Open Door Media, which is one of the leading creators of Jewish content and media. He has won many awards for his films, and to my surprise, he's also an Orthodox rabbi. Thank you for joining us.
1: My pleasure to be on the show. Thank you.
0: So you were a rabbi who went through many years of training. And now you find yourself in this kind of producer role. Can you tell me how that evolved?
1: My uh, journey to becoming a rabbi was surprising to me, just as it was surprising to you. The journey to film was less of a surprise. I was, I grew up actually in London, Ontario. I was a two hour drive from Toronto. I went to University of Toronto. But it was a small town, not a lot of Jewish people there. And I had a very typical Jewish upbringing, not very religious, but strong Jewish identity, Jewish camps, and not very religious. And so, you know, it was kind of a mixed identity. And when I was 18 years old, my twin brother became religious. And my whole family and myself were very, very shocked. Two years later, I went to the yeshiva where he was studying to get him out i thought he was crazy and before i went i actually studied paired myself at university with courses in philosophy and logic religion and all kinds of things to make sure that i knew the other side very well and i went to the yeshiva and i studied for a couple months and it was like wow this isn't the judaism that i was taught when i went to conservative hebrew school before bar mitzvah which was a horribly miserable Experience. And I said, wow, there's so much more to being Jewish and Judaism than I had ever known. This is relevant, intellectual, meaningful. And so I got much more interested. I finished university, but what I was, I went back to finish. But what I was studying at university was film, cinema. So I was already really passionate about filmmaking. And I was planning on going to NYU or UCLA film school after I graduated. But then I was getting into my Judaism. So I said, you know what? Let me study Judaism for a few years. So I took a little detour and came to Jerusalem and studied to become a rabbi and left the filmmaking behind. I then spent 20 years in Jewish education before I realized that guess what? These two worlds can intersect beautifully because filmmaking can be a great vehicle for education. And so about 12 years ago, I founded, Open Door Media, which at the time was Jerusalem U, and I started to make feature length films and short films. And that's how it came about. It was kind of intersection of my two great passions, filmmaking and being Jewish.
0: So being that you're from Toronto, how did you become so passionate about Israel?
1: Well, I have to give credit to Jewish camps. I grew up in a town, I was one of only 10 Jews at my high school. So it wasn't just Toronto. It was London, where there was very few Jews. Most of my Jewish friends were surrounded by Jews in their upbringing. I was not. And it was great, by the way. I had a great upbringing. I loved growing up in London, Ontario. <laughs> and But to keep a Jewish identity, or to have a Jewish identity, my parents were smart enough to send me to Jewish camps. So I went to young Judea camps. And I loved it. And the camp was fun. And that became, I became connected with my Jewish family, my mishpacha, the Jewish people. And then the final camp, I think I was 15 years old, was a trip to Israel. So I came to Israel, mm-hmm. my first trip, and it was amazing. It was like, love at first sight. And I was just turned on by coming here. And I just felt so at home, so much with my family and people. And I said, wow, I wasn't ready to make aliyah. But once I became a little more religious, that combined with already a love for Israel was a mm-hmm. one punch. So I said right after I finished university, I'm coming and making Elia.
0: I've al- I also went to a bunch of Jewish camps when I was a middle schooler. My mom kind of sent me. I was not a huge camp person. And so my mom kind of sent me to like all of them <laughs> to kind of try them out. Try them all out. Um, um, yeah, I had a really great time and yeah. made a- amazing friends there. So I'm very passionate about Judaism and Israel, but I know many of my peers don't feel the same way, Jewish and non-Jewish peers. What do you see as the future for young Jews in America?
1: It's very sad. Jewry in America today, in my estimation, is very sad. The state of Jewish education in America is tragic. That's the reason why I founded Open Door Media, because I felt we needed a complete overhaul. So we felt we have to do something different, and the content needs to be different. But Mm -hmm. as I said, because I grew up with that ineffective education, I know what it was about. And the sad part is that it's almost better for many Jews to have gotten nothing, to have received nothing. Then they're a blank slate. They get to be 15, 18, 20 years old, and they want to find out about Judaism. It's a blank slate. Sadly, most of us were given a really inadequate, immature, often irrational 10-year-old education of Bible stories, and basically told that this doesn't make much sense, and many of us, our parents, weren't so committed to it either and couldn't explain it. And so we're the product of a couple of generations that are not very knowledgeable about their Judaism, and then we were given an education that was really subpar. And the result is that most Jews, if they want to feel a, a connection to spirituality, They don't think it's going to be at Judaism's door because they already met the negative. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really sad. And it puts us behind the eight ball a little bit. And I think that this is what we need to do. We need to transform Jewish education. We need to let people know through the means that are available today, like digital and film, and that there's so much more enriching in Judaism. There's so much more possibilities that maybe what they received wasn't the real deal and allow people to hopefully explore and, and see that this can be beneficial to their lives. This can enhance their lives in qualitative way, ways. Because there are so many, I mean, even my own children, it's not easy. The, the social pressures are so hard. I have a, a son at Berkeley. He grew up with it, and even with growing up with it, you know, medita- Buddhist meditation appeals to him more than Jewish prayer. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. Judaism is not an easy sell and you have to get to the deep. So the main thing that I would hope is that mature young Jews would be open to the idea that they don't really know much about Judaism and get an education, find Mm -hmm. out about it and spend a little time finding about what Judaism really is.
0: Watch some open door media content. Like you said, you kind of transformed the way that people are educated on Judaism, on the topics of Judaism and Israel through video. So when people view your films or your content, what is one thing you want them to walk away with?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think that the main thing that I want them to walk away with, which relates to your previous question, is, oh, it's deeper than I thought, Mm. or, or it's more complex than I thought. Therefore, there's more to learn. So I'm only beginning and hopefully open up, wet their appetite a little bit so they can learn more. Because there's just so many misconceptions that we get, not just from our subpar Jewish education that we got as youngsters, but also from the media from the mainstream, and even the negativity about religion that's part of society today. And it's certainly if you go to university, academia, It's just going to be entirely negative about God and and God and religion, institutionalized religion. So there's just so much negativity that's piled up in a young person's brain today that goes against Judaism that I would just hope that by seeing a piece of content that we bring to them, it's like, oh, there's more to Israel than I thought. This is more complex. This is an interesting story. I'd like to learn more. And same with Judaism. When I went to yeshiva, I was graduated from university and it was completely voluntary and there was no tests and there was no pressure. It was learning for the sake of learning, growing for the sake Mm -hmm. of growing, passion, pure idealism. And the challenge, of course, in the Jewish world is as soon as you put Judaism into the educational institutional format and you're putting kids into Jewish schools and they have to pass tests and everything, then it becomes school. Right. (laughs) Right. it becomes, oh, I have to do this because I'm obligated foreign. to memorize for the tests. Mm-hmm. And, and it's sad that that is the situation. It's kind of a catch 22 that makes it very, very difficult for every Jewish generation. It's and not it's what interesting. It's not learning supposed to be.
0: Right. And it's interesting because Judaism is all about learning and asking questions. So it's just kind yeah. of this, it's so ironic in a way.
1: <laughs> it is. It's okay.
0: So being a rabbi and a film producer, it seems as though you live a very passion-driven life. What is one core value that you hold dear?
1: First of all, one of the great things that I learned about Judaism that appealed to me, which is a core value of mine, is that life is just such a beautiful gift. And just tasting life, being every day and seeing the beauty and it's just such a great opportunity. And, you know, most people don't think about it till they're almost dead or something really horrible happens to them or something. But we wake up in the morning, we say, thank you, God, for giving me another day. And so that's a core value that is life is an opportunity. It's a gift. And I try to enjoy it. And I try to get the most out of it. That's how I try to live. That's a major core value of mine. The second major core value is that, and this is a bit of a, I don't know if it's a contradiction, if it's a bit of a difference with how people live today, but to me, life is to be lived and led by the mind. You know, we have free will. God gave us free will. We're free will beings, and our decisions are everything. The decisions we make every day and the big decisions that we make periodically is all we really have full control over. And the important things in life we should be deciding with our mind and as much as possible removing our emotions and desires from it. And that's very difficult because everybody, we all have emotions and they're part of life and they're important. But when it comes to living your life, where should I be going in my life? What should I be doing? How should I help the Jewish people? How can I contribute to society? How do I want to have a family? We should be leading with our minds because everything, the big decisions are so consequential
0: interesting why do you think the emotional aspect should not be included in that
1: they should be emotions should be included but they shouldn't be leading so you have to be able to Mm. identify you have to be able to identify what the mind is saying and what the emotions are saying you got to be able to separate Mm. it because when you don't separate it then it's all one big mush in the brain right the emotions affect the way you think Emotions right. are not are not logical. They're usually, they're based on passions and desires and, and they're much less reliable. And so you want to live your life. You want to, your big decisions, like for example, you're going to figure out who you want to marry or who your partner should be. <clears throat> Just because you get passionate and excited and emotional about somebody, whoa, slow down. Does this really mm-hmm. make sense? So the emotions are part of it, but don't make big life decisions primarily because your emotions are excited or depressed about something. Mm. So it is a contradiction the way a lot of people, the young people live today. Yeah. To me it's an ob- obvious one, but to me it's an obvious one. I think it's the Jewish way, but it's uh, it's a bit of a unique approach, unfortunately, for this generation, I think.
0: I feel like, well, at least for me, I think I lead a lot with my emotions, but I'm also, I mean, I have that logical side
1: Mm-hmm. And I feel
0: like when I come to a sort of conclusion about something, I'm kind of, I stick to it. So maybe I'm stubborn in some ways, <laughs> but yeah, the, the balance for sure. Right. It's about the balance of having both and not, not, leading with emotions.
1: Yes. That's the idea. That's the idea. At the end of the day, what's your, what's your career going to be? So you went to a class and you got excited about painting one week. And so you want to become an artist. I see, well, right. Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> that really Your skill, what's the career opportunities? Does this make sense? Is this gonna nourish you long-term? Where does it put you like think it all through? And you you do put your emotions and passions into the equation for sure, but lead with solid thinking. Mm
0: -hmm. Did you kind of learn this concept from the rabbis that you learned with? Because I know that you were very close uh, with one of the most inspiring rabbis, Rabbi Noah Weinberg. Um, what is one teaching that he provided that guides your life?
1: Yeah, Rabbi Weinberg uh, was a was a a great man, and so many of his teachings are are fundamental in how I live my life. But I would say say two things there. Also, sorry I can't do one on all of these questions. No, that's okay. Uh, one of them is to try to. Live with God. In other words, in other words, God is not an intellectual idea, but God is is real. He's here. It's we're He's involved with us every day. And so, strive for a personal relationship. When I'm praying, I'm am t- talking to God. Make that real. It's not easy. When I'm saying a prayer and say, "Thank you, God, for giving me this apple," I'm feeling thank you, God. When Shabbat comes and I'm with my family, thank thank you, God. And he, And walk with God is actually a fundamental of Judaism to be connected emotionally and spiritually with God all the time. So Rabbi Weinberg excelled at that. And I try to do that, you know, as much as possible in my small way. The other thing that Rabbi Weinberg taught me, which relates to what I'm doing in life, he basically told told us every day we should be thinking, what can we do to help the Jewish people? It's not enough that you're, Being a nice Jew in this generation and living nicely and Jewishly and happily, uh, that's wonderful. But being Jewish is also a responsibility. It's a opportunity, it's a gift, it's a pleasure, it's a heritage, amazing things, but it's also a responsibility. And in today's generation, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. There's a lot of Jews who Mm -hmm. aren't connected. There's a lot of issues that are facing our people in Israel and abroad. And he taught us to be responsible, like don't rely on someone else. Uh, mm. the, the, the Hebrew idea was, it Says, why did God create man alone, Adam Arishon? Because he wanted him and every other human being, man and woman that comes afterwards to say, for me, the world is worthy to be created. God created the world just for me. I'm that important, I'm born And so I should be responsible for the world. And so I've always lived my life since, from that, from that teaching, what can I do to help the Jewish people?
0: Speaking of just Judaism being a responsibility, there is a saying in Pirkei Avot, it says, in a place where there are no leaders, strive to be a leader. What was the pivotal moment in your life where you saw that you needed to step up and become a leader?
1: Uh, the pivotal moment was when I, going back to our first story, when I went to yeshiva and I, discovered that basically my heritage had been withheld from me, that the beautiful mm. philosophies and life that our Judaism had not been presented to me, and it was so amazing, I immediately had a feeling like I should be doing something that every, everyone else is, is getting ripped off. You know, Everyone else is not being presented with this amazing thing. And they're my family. So let me take responsibility and do what I can. I mean, that was Rabbi Weinberg's idea too. So I happened to land in his, in his yeshiva and <laughs> he was telling us all the time, guys, it's wonderful that you're here, but what can you do? Mm. You know, who, who, are we, who, are gonna, who are we if we're not taking responsibility? And so it was um, something that was core to our Torah education was to look about what can be done. If there's nobody doing it, step up to the plate. And Rabbi Weinberg taught us also, it's like, don't worry. All we can do is try. Whether you're going to be successful, don't know. But try your best. Try your best and take the responsibility. And don't worry about failure. Just go for it. And as a result, I was given huge opportunities, even when I was in my early 20s, huge opportunities to take responsibility and do programs. And one responsibility builds to the next and build to the next and gain you gain confidence. And mm-hmm. I think that was really core to feeling like, okay, I can do something.
0: That's really powerful. Mm-hmm. He, It seems as though he taught you to kind of, he built the, the passion and the confidence to just kind of try without fear. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of people need that today for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There was no idea. There was almost no idea. Rabbi Weinberg was one of those, what we call serial entrepreneurs yes. for, the, for the Jewish people. And guys would come to him with ideas of like, hey, what about this idea? What about that idea? And I don't think there was ever an idea that he said, no, that's a bad idea. He'd say, go and do it. That mm-hmm. sounds like a great idea. Go and do it. Because his idea was, it's not. it doesn't matter how big the idea is, you're building yourself. So if you have an idea and you take responsibility and do it, you're gonna learn a lot and you're gonna grow as a person and then whatever happens, come up with another idea and keep keep building it. So it's about building yourself more than the actual idea itself.
0: I love that so much. It takes kind of the pressure off the mm-hmm. expectations of the idea or the project that you're working on. It's just kind of like, no, I'm, I'm building myself and whatever the outcome is, it is what it is. But but the main goal of this is just to develop as a person. Yeah, I really yeah. love that. That's great. Yeah. Okay. With all the content that Unpacked creates on YouTube and Open Door Media does, is there one video that you think everyone should go watch after they listen to this podcast?
1: Listen, I love our History of Israel course. It's 55 short films. I love it because you can just get such a great education And so, yeah, it's at the Unpacked YouTube channel. And there's just so many interesting chapters in Jewish history, in Israel's history that are on there. And we learn about Golda Meir, and we learned about Yitzhak Rabin, you learn about the peace process and the wars and the founding. And so I find it very interesting. The feature films, I get a lot of fulfillment from. We've made a lot of feature films that have done well. And the one that I love the most is Beneath the Helmet. I believe it's available on Amazon Prime now it was on Netflix for a few years it's this poster behind me but basically it's the story it's called Beneath the Helmet from High School to the Homefront and it's about how five teenagers just out of high school had to go have to go to the army because every Israeli high school person does
0: mm-hmm. and
1: what's that transition like as they go through six months of training as paratroopers and we have men women Ethiopians Five people that we get to know on a personal level. So it's an in-depth look and a coming-of-age story at these really cool people and the look at what the Israeli army is all about. So I love that because it gets deep into stuff. So if there was one movie I'd recommend, that would be
0: (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and wisdom for Career Up Now's socially distanced close-up podcast. And I look forward to keeping in touch and wish you the best.
1: As do I. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Great to meet you. And I so wish So good you to off. meet
0: you. Thank, Thank you.
1: Have a great day.
0: You as well.